Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So, um, we'll, we'll jump into the Word of God this morning, looking forward to rounding off our series in the Beatitudes, and uh, really looking forward to that. So uh, thrilled about having Steve um, Shaw coming tonight to sh- share the Word of God, and he's got a haircut similar to mine, and I'm sure that he'll be anointed, and I uh, really look forward to that, uh, which will be good too. And uh, we're just blessed at the moment, aren't we? Amen. Just so blessed. I was just driving around yesterday again looking at um, where we live. And honestly, we are so privileged to live in this great city, Shell Harbour. Had a look at the marina again and the break wall going out there and visaged walking along there sometime in the future and going down there to have a cup of coffee. And how blessed are we? Super. Absolutely blessed. So... Just thrilled with, um, with all that's happening. Um, really encouraged too by the, the development um, with the daycare centre and what's happening out there. You would, may or may not have noticed the roof has gone on the amenity section. Uh, there's more windows that have been put in. Um, the outdoor area is being um, shaped and fashioned. I think this week um, um, there's more talk about more doors going in and windows going in. So it's just really, really encouraging. And few weeks ago we did uh, we had an opportunity to take some people uh, through a walkthrough I think John and Mary you went for a walkthrough and uh, I, I'm hoping I would expect you're quite impressed by what's happening out there not only will it be a phenomenal space during the week but on Sunday again for our children's ministry as well what an awesome awesome children's ministry area it's going to be as well Dean's not here today uh, just because of the uh, the chicken pox just with a little young baby as well uh, but Dean's constructing the outdoor area, and um, I don't know if you may or may not know Dean Picarillo, but if Dean is doing the outdoor area, it will be absolutely phenomenal. So, so privileged. Amen. So, just again, very big welcome. Um, thank you for coming this morning. Thank you for making the choice to come and worship with us today. And as I share the Word of God, I, I hope that I say something. Um, God says something through me that might encourage you and inspire you uh, today in your walk with God. Amen. Um, over the last five weeks, we've been doing a, a series, um, uh, the Beatitudes. We've been digging into Matthew chapter 5 and looking at the great Sermon on the Mount, uh, and in particular, um, the Beatitudes, and loving the way that Jesus encourages us about the importance of building the right attitudes into our lives. Amen? If you build the wrong attitudes into your life, that will limit your potential. But if you build the right attitudes into your life, that will release your potential. Amen? And the Beatitudes is all about identifying the right, the right attitudes so that our life can reach its full potential. And that's what Jesus was um, talking on there. And I love it. I've said it every Sunday. I love the fact that Jesus calls us to live a life of attitude. Yeah, a life of attitude. So we're going to be continuing um, this morning. Last week we looked... Um, at the attitude of blessed are the pure in heart and really it was uh, about keeping a right heart the attitude of keeping a pure heart or a right heart before God Uh, we discovered last week as we just recap a little bit that the heart uh, is mentioned well over 900 times in scripture the importance of keeping our heart right then we looked at the teaching out of Matthew chapter 15 where Jesus talked about our hearts and and said that basically whatever is in our hearts we will we will speak out of in other words our words determine and show what is in our hearts amen and then the last thing that we looked at in Proverbs chapter 423 the most important thing in Proverbs 423 it says this above all else guard your heart 
for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, the most important thing that you can do in life is not just exercise and go to the gym and work out and walk and do all that stuff. That's all good. But the most important thing that you and I are called to above all else is to keep our hearts right. Keep a good heart. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? They shall see God. So that's why it's so important that above all else, we're committed to an attitude of keeping our hearts right. So this morning, we're going to look at the next verse. Uh, Our verse today is Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bible, you can open it up this morning. All those pages, hundreds of people with Bibles opening up right now. Oh, revival, glory to God. It's happening. Come on, wave it at me this morning if you brought it. Just encourage me. Hey, look at that. That's about a third. Glory to God. By year's end, we'll be there. Tars, amen. Hallelujah. Did you wave yours in, Ian? You got your, yeah, that's all right. We allow those ones too now. Electronic, bro. Electronic. Matthew chapter 5, our verse for the scripture, our scripture verse this morning is this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. In other words, as we said last week, the word blessed is translated as happy. It says this, happy are those who have an attitude of a peacemaker. Happy are those who have an attitude of a peacemaker. So today we're going to look at what it means to have an attitude of a peacemaker. The truth about this verse of scripture is this, our master, Jesus the Messiah said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. Christians, everyone go, me, I, we, are called to be peacemakers. At the back there, you and I are called to be what? We're called to be peacemakers. So the thought this morning is this, how are you doing? Someone said peacefully. Is this what you are known for, you and I are known for? Does this describe you, a peacemaker? Imagine if you were to tell your family that you wanted to be a peacemaker. Would they first think of the church or would they think of the UN? Peacemaker, the word of the term peacemaker, ought to be synonymous with Christian, especially in the light of the frequent New Testament commands to be at peace with others, amen. In fact, if you look at the, the, uh, the, the writings of Paul, Throughout the epistles, Paul would always talk about a blessing of grace at the beginning of each letter, but he also speak about the importance of peace as well. Amen. So this morning, we're going to delve into peacemakers, what it looks like, and then look at some of the things that erode or affect our ability to be a peacemaker. You know, when we think of the word peacemakers, our minds can go back to the 60s and the hippie revival. Amen. I was born in the 60s. Peace man. You remember that? Peace. They all talked about peace. They thought that peace was some dormant, inactive state of being. Peace was like normally a, nearly a, a, a numbing experience. Nothing's confronted because we just want peace. I've discovered that to pursue peace, sometimes you need to confront the things that are destroying peace in your life, peace in your family, and peace with your relationships. Peace is not just about being, hey man, cool, don't want to confront anything. No, there are times when things need to be confronted in order to gain the peace, amen? 
I don't know what that may be for you this morning, but to be a peacemaker means that we become proactive, amen. Not just chilling out and just everything's peaceful and sitting under a tree and I'm peaceful. No, to be a peacemaker means that you and I must be seeking peace. Look at the very description that Jesus gives us. Blessed, happy are the what? The peacemakers. We need to have an attitude to be a peacemaker. In fact, I love what the Apostle Paul encourages us to be um, about being a peacemaker. In Romans chapter 4, verse 19, listen to what he says there. Therefore, let us pursue the things that make for peace. Pursue the things that make for peace and the things by which may edify one another. I love the word there, pursue. It means to chase after, to follow, amen. Being a peacemaker is not about being just dormant and inactive. To be a peacemaker means that we are pursuing, we are chasing after the things that will cause peace in our lives, peace in our family, peace in our relationships, amen. It's not an inactive thing, it's an active thing to be a peacemaker, amen. There may well be areas of your life this morning that are not at peace. God wants you not to just sit back and expect that he's going to make it happen for you, but you to be active about pursuing peace in relationships, in your family, with your spouse, with your children, whatever it may be, rather than having a dormant approach to being a peacemaker, being a peacemaker is about being active, amen, stepping into those things. So he says there, Therefore, let us pursue the things that make for peace and the things by which we may edify one another. Listen to this thought here. I love it. Jesus pursued us to make peace with us. Didn't he? You listening this morning? Jesus pursued us to make peace with us. He wants us to do the same. Listen to this this morning. To have peace between another brother or sister in Christ is to have no issue with them. To have a pure heart towards one another. Are there people in the faith that you need to make peace with? Peace especially is meant to be learnt and practiced amongst the brethren. Amen? Ah. Peace is meant to be learned and practiced amongst the brethren in order for us to be able to show peace and be a peacemaker in the world. Amen? So this morning, question, are you at peace with fellow believers or are there the things that have destroyed peace between you and another believer? I want us to look at the language of Paul regarding the importance of peace and unity among the believer this morning. Amen. What's the definition of having peace towards one another? Having an open heart, a pure heart towards one another. But there may well be people here right now. I, I don't know. I, I would not know. I'm just supposing, possibly. There may be people even in this body that, that you might have an issue with. You haven't got peace towards them. God's going after you this morning because he wants you to understand the power of being a peacemaker. We'll talk about how in a couple of moments' time. But again, are you at peace with your fellow believer? Are there things that have destroyed peace between you and another believer? Paul's language is this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
Yep, you're flicking to it in your Bible. I'm going really slow. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Say, I when I've found it. I. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says this, Paul speaking again. Who's he speaking to? The church. He's speaking to the church. He says, now I plead with you. I plead with you. I implore you. I beg you. In the name of Jesus, please. Now I plead with you. Hey, Andy, would you think about it? If it suits, would you do it? Is there any possibility you could fit it into your schedule? Could you make it a priority? No, Paul, what's Paul's language there? Hey, I plead with you. This is important. He's saying what I'm about to say is so, so important. So he says, I plead with you. I plead with you by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you perfectly join together in the same mind and the same judgment. Listen to what he says. Now I plead with you, brothers and sisters in Christ, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul's talking about the importance of unity and peace in the church. Amen. And this message this morning is not a, 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 a result of anything happening in our church, not at all. Love where our church is going. But as I prepared this and felt to prepare this, I really felt that it's healthy for, to, for us to hear what I'm about to share this morning, amen? Because <laughs> some of us might go, oh, that sounds like me. But listen to it again. Now I plead with your brethren that there be no divisions among you that be perfectly joined together. So what are the divisions? The divisions, what are the things that can divide and cause a lack of peace? Let's say in a local church. The opinions and attitudes that erode the bond of unity in the local congregation. Opinions and attitudes that erode the bond of unity in the local congregation. Divisions are caused primarily by gossip. <laughs> Gossip. Listen to it. The Hebrew word translated gossip in the Old Testament is defined as one who reveals secrets, one who goes about as a talebearer or a scandal monger. Scandal monger. Monger? Monger? How do you say it, Suzanne? Thank you very much, Suzanne. Appreciate it. It's great seeing you up here this morning, too. Awesome. The Bible refers to a number of different forms of gossip. Now, if you're new to our local church, um, we have a Zero tolerance on gossip. <laughs> yeah, okay. We have a zero tolerance. If we hear about people gossiping, uh, we will hunt you down. <laughs> we will. We will because it's just unhealthy. It's bad. It, it, it affects the bond of unity, the, 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 the spirit of unity in the local church. So we, we say that there is a zero tolerance. If we find out, in fact, Scripture talks about, mark those that cause divisions among you. Scripture talks that. There's a verse of Scripture, I think it might be in Corinthians, but it says, mark those who cause divisions amongst you. In other words, mark them out. Say, hey, that person there... They're causing division. But anyway, let's go on. So the Bible refers to a number of different forms of gossip. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six. You want to hear them this morning? Different categories. So the first one is slander. It's defined as spreading rumors or lies about a person to cause damage purposely. That's bad. Slander. Defined as spreading rumors or lies about a person to cause damage person personally. Dishing. 
Dish in the dirt basically means sharing the juicy info you learned about someone. No one in this building would be like that. Rumors. You hear something and it's not good. And it's also not confirmed as true, but you tell someone or ask someone else about it to get more info. I've heard. Have you heard, Rachel? This is what I've heard, Rachel. What have you heard, Rachel? Bad. Rumors. Backbiting. It's a flavor of gossip that involves speaking spiteful or slanderous words about another who is not present and can do nothing in defense. Backbiting. It's a bad one. This is a really, uh, really um, sinister one. Not really joking jokes. Not really joking jokes. Have you ever taken some part of truth and turned it into a joke about someone that makes others question their character? Not, real, I'm not, I'm not really joking jokes. Another form of gossip. Planting seeds. This is the last one this morning. Planting seeds. This type of gossip is said in such a way to make the listener question or assume something about the character of a person. These are all things that, that Paul pleaded with us not to do, not to be involved in, not to, not to go down that path, amen. My father, I love it. God bless him. He's been passed away now for a few years. He had six children and a feisty woman. Her name was Louise, short known for Lou. He would always say, if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. We should live by that as Christians. Amen. Our words need to be affirming, needs to be encouraging, needs to be building up. Amen. But too many people can get caught up in being gossipers. Don't be a gossiper. Don't gossip. Amen? So are you a gossip maker or a peacemaker? Jesus said so, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Happy are the peacemakers, question mark, why? Listen to this thought. If you don't get anything else this morning, get this. Where the peace of God prevails, the presence of God entails. Thanks, Pat. Your will was better than everyone else's. <laughs> Where the peace of God prevails, the presence of God entails. The more peace that I am building into my heart through my, my relationship with God, the more peace that I'm extending towards others, the more presence of God I will have in my life. Why? He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. The more peace that you have, the more of the presence of God that you will have. If you have issues in your heart towards others, you, you know, you can smile at them and give them a, that fake Christian smile. You know that one. You know that, you know, oh, it's good to see you today. Oh, I don't like you at all. No, I do like you at all. Let's have coffee this week too, bro. All right. One afternoon maybe. Okay, cool. Let's lock it in. You'll text me. But you can... Well, isn't that all right? <laughs> Bernard and Amanda. How lovely to have you here. Amen? But you could have... You know, if you want more of God's presence, we've got to be committed to building more of God's peace in our hearts and showing that peace to others as well. Remember last week we talked about mercy... Well, the week before, it was one of those weeks, but we talked about we are meant to show the same measure of mercy to others that God has shown to us. 
we have now made peace with God through Jesus Christ. We have peace with our Father in heaven. God's wanting us to show peace to others as well. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God and daughters of God. Amen? Love it. Just if I could have the, the worship team to come up as we begin to conclude this morning. You getting anything today? I hope you are. So again, listen to it. Where the peace of God prevails, the presence of God entails. The more we are committed to building the attitude of being a peacemaker, we will experience more of the presence of God. In fact, look at Paul's farewell with me. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you this morning. Paul's farewell. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, listen to it. Become complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace. Ew! Live in peace. And listen to what it says. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. You get it? Live in peace, and the God of peace will be with you. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. For those that are taking notes this morning. Just wanted to finish just with three little questions just around this verse and topic this morning about being committed to building an attitude of being a peacemaker. First question this morning. Do you need greater peace? Are you struggling with peace? Remember, we said before, he is the Prince of Peace. Want more peace? Get closer to the Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. Amen? If you need more peace, get closer to him. Second question. Are there people that you need to make peace with today? This could be really affecting your walk with God because there's an area of pride. You know you need to go to them and say, look, I'm sorry. I've had this attitude towards you. It's not right. I don't want it to be there anymore. I want to have an open heart towards you. Are there people you need to go to? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. To be a peacemaker means to be proactive. Yes, we pray through things, but then there are times where we need to just go and face-to-face say, hey, look, yep, I've had a bad attitude and I want to make things right. Second question, are there people that you need to go to? make peace with today thirdly this morning I don't know everyone in this building but have you made peace with God today Romans chapter 5 says he became our peace Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that outside of a relationship with, with, with Christ, 
We are sinners in the eyes of God, separated from God. No peace between us and God. It just can't happen. But the Bible says that Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could receive peace and have peace with God. That's what Jesus did. Could I just have every eye closed and every head bowed just for a moment this morning? If you're here this morning and you need to make peace with God today, you need to surrender your life to him again, maybe for the first time. Maybe you've allowed things into your heart, into your life that, that you know are separating you from peace with God. How do you receive peace with God? You acknowledge what Jesus has done for you. You ask him to forgive you. Commit your life to following him. You become born again. While every head's bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you're just saying, Shane, yeah, I know I need today to make peace with God. Would you just raise your hand just quickly so I could see it today? We would love to pray with you. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else this morning? This is a huge decision. It's a big decision. It's the greatest decision that you'll make. It's between you and God this morning. But have you peace with God? No God, no peace. No God and no peace. Hallelujah. My last time this morning. Let's all just pray while our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Jesus, today, say it after me this morning. Jesus, today, we thank you today that you are the Prince of Peace. We ask you today, fill us again with your peace. May our families overflow with peace. May our homes overflow with peace. Today, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross so that we could have peace with God. Today again, we commit to you, to following you. And in your name we pray, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning as we conclude.